Well, at this point, it seems like the Nashville Predators season happened many, many years ago, but we're still looking back. Today, we have End of Season Awards Part 1. Who was the most improved Pred this year? Who was the most disappointing Pred this year? What was the biggest surprise? And what was the most exciting fan moment of the year? Those are just some of the awards we'll hand out today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. Biggest NHL moment of the night. It wasn't necessarily a goal. Uh, It wasn't (laughs) an exciting finish. It was the NHL rivalry that we never thought we would expect to see. Tanner Janot versus that guy in the yellow hoodie in the Maple <laughs> Leafs game. Yes. A legendary rivalry for the ages here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, I watched that moment and I'm literally, I have two thoughts going through my mind as I'm watching this unfold. Number one, guy in yellow, you don't want that. Yeah. I don't know how many beers you've had. I don't know how confident you walk throughout your life, but I am telling you, You don't want that. And number two, can we give a shout out for the female security guard that kept turning the guy in the yellow sweatshirt to look away from the penalty box? What is that dude thinking? Like, what are you thinking, buddy? I I think I was half expecting a uh, a Thai Domi moment where the the fan comes barreling in over the glass and they just start brawling in the penalty box uh it it seems like they were uh you know trying their best to prevent that i mean the linesman went in there and just kind of like stood stoically (laughs) you know like against the boards to try to keep the players from uh yapping off at each other uh interesting game overall toronto versus tampa bay i mean you could have told me that there would have you know just met up in the locker room or in the parking lot after the game uh i half expected you know uh pat maroon in a leather biker jacket just come on slowly snapping his way towards the yeah towards luke shen which i'm sure all hockey brawls in canada uh work out that way Yeah, it was, that was an insane game. Obviously, Toronto made some adjustments, Mm -hmm. but the tone and the temperature of that game, you know, that escalated quickly and and it, and it stayed that way. But yeah, can we just talk about fans and, and look hockey, the hockey environment, as I was watching that, I'm like, there is something about the hockey environment that just elevates big feels but you can't drink so much at a hockey game that you think you can take Tanner Janot. Like you've just got to go with a friend that's going to be like, dude, no. Yeah. Part of us really wanted to see it happen. (laughs) It would have been so short guy in yellow. You would not have lasted. 
Yeah, if it wasn't before, I feel like game three in Tampa is going to be the one game for this entire postseason you have to circle on your calendar. You know, that fan uh, in Toronto almost got a big punch in the face. And you know what, Ann? You know what else feels like a big punch in the face? What's that? The fact that the Nashville Predators aren't (laughs) in the playoffs this year. As we've been saying all week, the Predators are not in the postseason. It's the first time since 2014 that it hasn't happened. So we're fully into offseason mode at this point. And we've looked forward a few days. Mm-hmm. We looked back yesterday with a plus minus. But now it's time for the marquee look backage. And today we are starting our two-part end-of-season awards. Uh, we got some fun ones. We've got some, you know, generic ones. You know, we, we wanted to make this fun. We have a lot of fun categories. We're going to break up some uh, and do today. We're going to do the rest on a Monday. Uh, kind of the big marquee ones like offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, yeah. top prospect. That's coming up later this week. But today we got some fun stuff. Uh, most improved, most disappointing player, goal of the year, most exciting moment, most disappointing moment, and biggest surprise. Mm. Uh, and I've been told, and you have done your homework on a number of these. Well, it's really hard to classify. We talked about this. It's hard to classify this season because it is the tale of two seasons, and it literally feels like to go back to late October, early November, I almost can't mentally get there. So it did take quite a bit of of investment of time and research to get a better picture of this whole season because it's been a roller coaster, y'all. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling where there's going to be some overlap here and maybe some discussion on which uh, category certain things belong to. It's like the Golden Globes. It's like, all right, is this really a musical or comedy? Are they just (laughs) putting it here because there's already five good dramas? Yeah, we should have come up with a name for our award. Let's do that for next offseason. Like not a Tony, not a Golden Globe, but a something. We're going to workshop that. The Preddies? The Preddies. There it is. Let's give out our Preddies. There we go. Lock it in, folks. Nailed. Uh, there's probably, uh, who who knows? We'll, we'll just move on, shall we? Yeah. And let's get to our first end of season award. Uh, let's start with one of the bottom ones. Most exciting moment. Mm. This can be one where just as a fan, something that you caused a lot, like a lot of excitement that you, you saw this happen. It could have been off the ice. It could have been on the ice, but just something that as a fan got you very much hyped. Yeah. So there were actually, despite the ups and downs of the seasons, there were several good options for most exciting moment, but I had to take the one that just was so big in the feels, I almost couldn't stand it. And for me, that is the shootout win over Calgary on April 10th, in which the Predators kept playoff hopes alive and, oh, it was fun, eliminated the Calgary Flames. You know, going into this game, this was a must win for both teams, tied at the end of regulation, tied at the end of overtime. You're looking at a shootout, which is Soros versus Markstrom. 
Jonathan Huberto scores on his first shot on Saros. So you're kind of feeling like, oh, man, no. And then, you know, a couple more players go. And then up comes Cody Glass, who I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about him a little later for a pretty. But Cody Glass comes up the entire season on the freaking line. My stomach's in my throat. And Cody Glass, with so much swagger and confidence, scores on Jacob Markstrom. And then... You know, just because this is the story of the season, Tommy Novak goes out there and scores the game winner to eliminate the Calgary Flames and to keep this weird, wonderful, wild, young Predators team ride going. I loved this moment. It was the highest of stakes and the team came through. Is that the most exciting moment or the moment that nearly gave you a heart attack? It really was. I'm not, it was rough. And it was funny because my husband had gone to bed and he said, let me know in the morning how the game goes. I may or may not, when Tommy Novak scored, have squealed. And my husband yells from the bedroom. I said, let me know in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) In a way. Yeah. I mean, kind of was all around, right? Yeah. Yeah. For me, Anne, I had to go with the lowest hanging fruit. Although that game okay. was an exciting moment. I think if there was a game of the year, that would have mm-hmm. been my pick. Maybe yeah. next year we should include game of the year. Game of the year. Uh, but you know what? We just did. We just created game of the year. Congratulations, Predators at Flames. <laughs> you just won that one. For me, most exciting fan moment. I, I mm-hmm. had to go for the low hanging fruit. And that is what happened in the front office. David Poyle. Mm-hmm steps down barry trotz comes in mm-hmm. and didn't it just feel like the mood around the nashville predators fan base shifted as soon as as that was announced and as soon as what happened just a few days later at the trade deadline i mean to me it's just you know you take this cloud of uncertainty this cloud of oh, we're going to be stuck in doing the exact same thing over and over again. You know, there, there's we're you know, time is a flat circle. We're just going to be spinning our <laughs> tail, yes. you know, finishing in that creamy middle that no NHL team wants to be in. And then all of a sudden you bring in Barry Trotz and you, you know, have him replace David, David Poyle. And and to me, that is kind of the, you know, it's something that sort of helped, I think, freshen the Mm -hmm. mood around the Predators fan base. And I think maybe that's the best term you can use for it is just kind of freshen things up. You know, you broke up this dour mood of, you know, we're going to be stuck doing the same thing. We're, we're going to be a mid team for, the foreseeable future. And then, you know, you have Barry Trotz come in, just somebody with a different point of view. And yeah, he's got a Nashville connection. Yeah. He was a handpicked successor of the guy. A lot of people wanted to get out, but he is, you know, a new face with some new ideas and combine that with the trade deadline stuff where all of a sudden the predators went from, you know, a process that looked like it might take years and years and years to all of a sudden you just, somehow to the like you know bewilderment of a lot of writers and gms around the league all of a sudden 
accelerated your rebuild to a point where it's like, okay, we can be a little bit more aggressive with this thing than maybe we could have been at this point two weeks ago. And I agree with you. There was just fresh air in everybody's lungs when this was announced. And here's my question for you. Do you think it would have felt the same way if it was some other incoming GM besides Barry Trotz? Or do you think the Barry Trotz made it extra fresh? Well, people love Trotz. So yes, I think that certainly not. added to it. Yeah. I think it would have happened you know, regardless, you know, yeah. who, whoever came in, you know, it, it could have been a situation where David Poyle's like, you know what, I'm going to step down at the end of the year. We're going to have a search, you know, all this and that. And I still think you would have had um, some optimism. Mm -hmm. It just seems like it's, it's a little bit better now that, you know, tr we, we've learned that Trotz has kind of been working with Poyle yes. and you're starting to see some things that he wants to do with this team moving forward. Uh, I just, you know, think back to the trade deadline and, you know, the Tanner Janot trade where you got all these draft picks and, you know, the mood around the NHL is I can't believe the Preds pull that off. Mm -hmm. You know, you got the uh, Mikhail Granlin for a second round pick and the mood is I can't believe the Preds did that. Right. So you have all these moves that it's like, how, how did Poyle do that? And that that I think a lot of unexpectedly or a lot of unexpected moves that have worked out tenfold in the Preds favor uh, have certainly helped in that regard. For sure. For sure. Uh, more coming up in just a second. We have, we have the most exciting moment. Now we have the most disappointing moment. Yeah. Maybe a game, maybe a fan moment. We also have biggest surprise, best goal, most improved and most disappointing player. These are all ones you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for. But first I want to mention today's show is brought to you by eBay motors for a championship team not the Nashville Predators this year. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know if your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll have your car back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride, folks. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Ann, next up on our list of end-of-season awards, we have the most exciting moment. Let's do most disappointing moment, shall we? Let's be pessimists here. Oh, I know. It's, it's, it's not our nature, but let's just call some things what they are. And I'm actually, my most exciting moment is closely paralleled and juxtaposed with my most disappointing moment. And for me, that was sitting back and watching the Winnipeg Jets in Minnesota wild game in which Minnesota needed to win to keep playoff hopes alive for the Nashville Predators and Minnesota couldn't do it. No. Um, and that was hard for me, A, because it's very difficult to watch your team's future out of their hands. 
and mm-hmm. and watch it it falls on another team to perform and to keep hope alive but it was really heartbreaking to watch a team that had come together in just awful circumstances blow away these expectations get so close and then not make it you know and it was sad for these young guys that have come in and put in the work it was really heartbreaking for me as i thought about players like Ryan Patrick who this is like he doesn't even know what to do in april without playing postseason hockey so it was really hard for me that was the most disappointing moment and again it was a moment that wasn't even in the hands of the Nashville Predators team so just it was a kick in the pants I know it was a long shot y'all and I don't think that this Nashville Predators team was going to blow it up in the postseason and make a second third round run but they worked so hard and, you know, just like the mom in me is like, I want them to get the reward. So mm. for me, most disappointing moment. Yeah. To me, I'm kind of on the same vein as you, except mm-hmm. instead of the ending, you know, the ending we knew was coming. I'm going to that same end story, but I'm going back to the beginning. Mm. Uh, I have three things in my most disappointing moment and all happened Uh, within a 10-day stretch, and that was the first four games following the All-Star break. Oh, yes. Uh, They came out of that break. You know, the Predators were still in the hunt. Uh, You know, I think at that point they had managed to crawl their way back into contention. We know what happened before the All-Star break, that team meeting. They had so much good juju heading into the All-Star break. You were kind of hoping they could continue on, and then what happens? You lose 5-1 to the Vegas Golden Knights at home. Uh, You barely squeak by Philadelphia 2-1, and then a 4-2 loss to the Arizona Coyotes. And then I think the game that completely shifted the opinion on what was up with this Nashville Predators team, the 5-0 loss to the Boston Bruins. And I think those four games, and you kind of heard – um, you know, Barry Trotz and David Poyle and to an extent, John Hines kind of reference it in some of the end of the year press conference. He's like, those games right there were the ones that woke us up and told us we're not anywhere close to where we need to be. Like we yeah. see what happens when we actually go up against really good competition. And this team that we had built to sustain that just can't do it. And I think to me, that was the most disappointing realization because look, you mean, you and I are optimists and we took some flack for kind of, you know, taking the high points of last season and being, no, 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 there's something to build on. You know, I think, I don't know about you. I had the Preds finishing second in the division yes. this year in my preseason predictions. And I think we are just still kind of trying to hold on to, you know, they're just in a slump, you know, these guys need to get going. This is, on the players, they need to figure it out. They need to get back in form. And then I think that those four games were what told me it's like, okay, this this isn't working anymore. There's got to be some major changes coming. Yeah, that stretch was definitely where I think everybody realized that the consistent thing with this Nashville Predators team was going to be inconsistency. And it was. It was a kick in the gut. In the gut. I had that down as my runner-up. I completely agree with you. That stretch... Gosh, that was brutal. It was brutal. Yeah. Uh, Not not fun, Ann. Not fun at all. Um, Let's go to goal of the year. Come on. uh, 
let's let's just let's just <laughs> let me ask let me ask it like this. Yes. Do you have anything other than you so Parsonin? Is there anything other than you so Parsonin? No, my friends. I, I was really thinking, I was like, is there like another candidate we can at least like mention? And I was like, I don't nope. know. It just it, like the Parsonin goal is just gonna be burned into my brain forever. The fact that it was an overtime. Yes. Uh the fact that I think think that they might have been out of it at that point but it was like you know at that point i think that kind of clinched minnesota being third mm-hmm. and not being to climb back up but everything about that goal the, the fact it was between the legs come on uh the great play from ryan mcdonough to make it happen between the legs the fact that it was an overtime winner but let's talk about the best part of this Anne. yes and that's the celebration come on is there is there anything that you so Parson and could have done better in that celebration? The answer, my friends, is no, because he skated around right up against the boards, yeah. looks at everybody and does like, yeah. why didn't any of you guys do that earlier? I mean, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> and like- then giant smile. I mean, the goal itself is amazing. The celebration is the icing on the cake, the cherry on top. It just was incredible. Uh, and I don't know that you so Parson and meant for it to be so sassy, but I'm yeah. here for it. <laughs> he was and I like it after the game too, where um, you know, they asked him, it's like, Do you practice that? And he's like, No. Nope. And I think it was I think it was Alex that ended up asking him, it's like, so what made you, you know, want to try that? He's he just pauses and goes, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's just like, I just wanted to score. It's like, okay, just everything about that is just emit swag there is yes. a swag overload and there is i love in the uh post uh locker room clean out alex darty our friend asked philip forsberg okay did you teach you so parson in that and philip forsberg laughed and he said no it was the skills coach we were skating with mark borvietsky <laughs> come on now y'all yeah so so here's the thing we we're talking about yesterday about borvietsky possibly resigning if he's back on the team next year, do you just expect like all kinds of Harlem Globetrotter goals oh, and yeah. for the Predators? Oh yeah. Like, like do you see like uh, Cole Smith doing like the uh, like the goal from Mighty Ducks where they just like <laughs> you know bounces it off his stick like uh, the the Texas kid you know like then just spin around and do all kinds of stick work with it. I feel like I it's got to happen, right? I think Mark Borvietsky has earned himself a reputation, so let's see. Yeah. Um, here's one, Anne. Mm-hmm. Let's go biggest surprise. Biggest this, surprise. this can be either a player, a thing, a, you know, a storyline, mm-hmm. anything surprising for you about this season. Yeah. I really wrestled with this one because I think there were a lot of surprises with the Nashville Predators this season, good and bad. But for me, the the one thing I kept coming back to that still shocks me to this day is the Tanner Jano Hall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Predators had just traded Nino Niederreiter. Tanner Janot got pulled off the ice for warmups, ended up being traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning in return. David Poyle had to go get a European carry-all to put all the goodies that he got from Tampa Bay. Got defender Cal Foote, 2025 first round pick, 2024 second round pick, and a third, fourth, and fifth round picks in this year's draft. 
an absolute boondoggle for David Poyle. And I don't think we're the only ones whose jaws were on the ground when this trade went down. I knew. Can I say something? And maybe this is a humble brag. I had been telling people that the Preds could get something like that for Janot. Wow. Ever since his name started coming up, you saw it in some of the slacks where, and you saw it in some of the group yes, chats. It's I like, did. oh, predators are, you know, they're going to be lucky to get anything. And my only thought was, this is playoffs. Mm-hmm. This is, a, these are teams that are going to get whatever they can get for whatever price they get. We have seen teams throw around first round picks. Like it was nobody's business. Yeah. And here you go. Tanner Janot, a restricted free agent. So it's not like he's a rental. You can invest in him long-term for a measly $800,000 contract of real money. Yeah. All that added up. And I was like, uh, don't be surprised if there is a team out there that is just willing to give up a massive package. And let's not forget, Tampa Bay, just last year, gave up two first-round draft picks and two prospects for Brandon Hagel, a guy on the third line, yeah, uh, who at, at the time of his trade last year had the same amount, you know, the same similar scoring stats as Tanner Janot had last year. So I was like... Uh, I'm not. I'm not surprised if a team just wildly overpays for Jano. And they did. Yeah, you called it. You did. I will say, in your defense, you were like, "Y'all just wait. Y'all yep. just wait." But I'm telling you, that haul I think rocked the NHL. Yeah, it absolutely did. Biggest surprise for me, and not necessarily a player, not necessarily anything uh, to do with a game. But it has to do with what said players were wearing during a game. And I have to say the biggest surprise for me is how good the Predators reverse retros look this year. Let's go. Because we have seen a lot of teams across the league drop the balls with reverse retros, just trying to you know, make it too much, trying to make it look kind of like one of their old beloved uniforms, but, you know, just something wildly different. And here's the Preds coming along with a very simple co- like concept. Let's take the Mustard Cat jerseys, which now live in lore as, you know, it, it's been long enough that they've gone into like the Gorton's Fisherman jerseys for the <laughs> Islanders where it's like, that's true. It was like, you know, it's been such a long time and so in lore that it's like, okay, we kind of got to wear them now. They're vintage. They took that concept and just made it the Preds modern colors and they look so clean. I love seeing like that OG Nashville Predators, like slanted kind of slashy looking fonts again. I was shocked at how clean and how good the Nashville Predators reverse retros looked enough that made me kind of want to go. Do we keep these full time? I would not be opposed. Yeah. Like I'm not saying you have to like redo the entire Jersey, but maybe just as a permanent third Jersey. They're amazing. I would be open to this. I think we should just make a move for that. Let's make a yeah. push, an off-season push. Yeah, uh, way better than the the last reverse retros the Preds had, which tried yes. to go back to the original silver sleeves, but just looked completely off. 
yeah, not great. Now we are optimists, but we have to have some straight talk here and we're going to dive in. I think we should just dive right into a painful discussion on who's the most disappointing player this season for you, Nick. Can we just say the team? I, I don't think you're inaccurate. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. There's so many. There's so many to choose from. There's absolutely so many you can choose from. You can talk about Matt Duchesne not quite getting back to where he was. You can talk about Ryan Johansson taking a big step this year. Mikhail Granlin, before he was traded, took a big step back. All of these players, I think you can make a case for. The aforementioned Tanner Janot, uh, his play yeah. not being quite what it was last year. But to me, Anne, the biggest disappointment for me, and it pains me to say it, it's Roman Yossi. Ooh, that is a tough one. That's a tough one for me. And look, one. you know, Roman Yossi is still a great player, probably the best skater the Predators have right now. But I saw a lot from him that I've really not ever seen from him before in terms of inconsistency mm-hmm. and just glaring mistakes. And yeah. you think about, you know, we know what he did last year. You know, the 96-point season, just kind of an offensive juggernaut. The offense ran through him. You know, he took a step back this year, too. Um, You know, that's part of it. But for me, the thing with Yossi is just how far he's fallen defensively. Mm. I mean, you think back to when he won the Norris in 2020, and, you know, we kind of saw the reverse of it last year. But all the analytics showed Yossi, and it's like, you know, he's not just like a good offensive player. This guy, the statistics yes. show, is one of the best defenders in the NHL, just so good in his own zone. And I'm not really sure w- what's happened the past few years. I don't know if losing Ryan Ellis, who himself was one of the best at defensive defensemen in the NHL, uh, heard him a little bit. I don't know if it's just the fact that, you know, the Preds have never quite seemed to find a permanent, you know, partner for him over the past couple of years since that Ellis trade, but his defense, it just seems to have fallen way off. And you saw this year, just a lot of kind of textbook mistakes that yes. maybe you see from like a younger defenseman, not somebody as, you know, defensively gifted as Roman Yossi should be. Yeah, that's a painful one, but I can't say that I disagree with you. This was not a stellar year for Roman Yossi, especially after what we saw last season. My disappointing player, same situation. This is somebody who had a stellar season last year. And let me preface all of this by saying no one tell my husband to listen to this episode. Because they say marriages argue over two things, money and sex. In our marriage, we argue over... Matt Duchesne, Duchesne. but Matt Duchesne is my most disappointing player this season. Uh, You know, went from 43 goals, 43 assists, set a franchise record this year. He started out with the same line mates, just never got back to that form. You know, the power play was a big part of his game last season. It was not a great power play season for Matt Duchesne, you know, it it this was a disappointing season for Matt Duchesne and of course injured down the stretch but even when he was you know 
in the first half of the season where you had all these veterans together, he just didn't seem like he was getting it together. When you had him in the locker room on the ice with these younger players down the stretch a little bit, it still seemed like pulling teeth. So for me, Matt Duchesne, oh, forgive me. He was my mis- most disappointing player. Also, don't tell Mark. Mark Kimmel is going to hear this episode and just have an absolute <laughs> field day with this hand. I, I, I'm telling him that we took Friday off. There you go. Smart, <laughs> smart play all around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue with that, though. I mean, it's just mm. you saw what Matt Duchesne happened last year. You saw what happened when he was good, good line mates. And he just, you know, for whatever reason, just couldn't elevate his play. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that is a big reason why the Nashville Predators just couldn't quite hit that second gear. You know, they, they did a good job of adding some depth this year. The problem was that top end of the lineup, the team, you know, the people that carried the team last year just couldn't really play up to that same level this year. Yep. The best players weren't the Predators' best players. Yeah. Let's get to our final award of this day. And I'm just going to tee you up, Ann, because I know mm-hmm. this is a guy that you've loved talking about. Most improved Nashville Predator. For me, this is a hands-down winner, Cody Glass. Mm-hmm. I Literally. am... So delighted with the season that Cody Glass had. We talked to him after the locker room clean out and I got to ask him like, hey, what did you learn about yourself through the course of this season? Let's just hear Cody Glass's own words on his season. Um, I think just, you know, being consistent, um, you know, just working my butt off and I was telling Emma that, you know, I just tried making the team this year. I didn't have any expectations. I wanted to play all 82 games and that didn't happen, but um, I just wanted to make the team. And for me to kind of be in a role that I was at the end of the year, something I never expected. I never expected to be nominated for an award. I didn't expect anything like that. So, you know, it was kind of a, um, just a dream come true really, just kind of have a role on this team. And uh, I'm super thankful and I will never take this for granted. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. and and to me, the thing with Cody Glass, too, is just you saw how much he's kind of had to battle through these last two years. I mean, the Predators got him in that Ryan Ellis trade, and the thought was, all right, the Predators have a, you know, maybe if not a top six this year, at least a middle six center that they can kind of develop and grow. And just, you know, after one game sent to Milwaukee and, I think that kind of pissed a lot of people off. I don't think he was expecting it because, you know, even when he was in Vegas behind a lot of key players, he was at least on the team getting minutes in certain intervals. Uh, And then, you know, to make the team this year and kind of find himself not exactly in John Hines's most optimistic use players. And, but for him to kind of battle through that. Yes. And, develop his game continue to grow and wind up being a very reliable top six center i think that's great to see the only other counter i have to that in in terms of most improved player uh is the guy who's my pick a guy who went from having i think a total of eight points last year to 43 and 51 this year and that's tommy novak Oh, come on. I mean, how can we not? Episode yeah. How Tommy can we Novak. not talk about Tommy Novak? You know, just, just God. I mean, if there, if there was a certain player for biggest surprise, I think this might be him. Cause mm-hmm. I don't think either you or I 
we're expecting Tommy Novak to come back in the lineup and do this. No. And, and, you know, it's – I don't know what the, the future holds for Tommy Novak. You know, we talked about his shooting percentage is very, very high, borderline unsustainable maybe. But <laughs> if you watch the way he plays, you know, this isn't just a guy who's racking up his shooting percentage on flute goals. This is a guy who is making really, really good hockey plays. And if, the, if he keeps that up, if he can do – the level of play and keep that up this year. The Predators have an absolutely surefire, great score to build around. They do. Yep. And I agree with you. Tommy Novak came a little bit out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's what else we still have, Anne. We still have the big one, team MVP. Mm-hmm. It's UC Soros. Or is it? <laughs> or is it? No, it's. It's definitely it's UC Soros. Soros. But we still yeah. have Offensive Player of the Year. We have Defender of the Year, Newcomer of the Year, slash Best New Edition, and our Top Prospect of the Year. That is stuff we're going to dive into Monday on the Locked on Predators podcast. So stay tuned because we got more awards to give out next week. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Take that, everybody who also didn't get a blue check. Uh, You can also follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. And however you're listening, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on your favorite podcasting platform, hit that subscribe button. Helps us out unless you know when we have new content for you. That's going to do it for this week's slate of Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Back to, uh, nope, not back tomorrow. Back Monday with all new episodes. We'll see you then. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.